All right, this is Down by the Bank, episode 24. This is Corey flying solo today. Uh, Derek and JK3 are not available, but JK3, by the way, we just announced as a new regular co-host on the show. Uh, announced that on Twitter and Facebook, so we certainly welcome him. He's been an awesome addition as a, uh, a regular guest, and uh, now it'll be myself, Derek, and JK3 um, from here on out regularly except for tonight because they both bailed on me, but that's okay. So tonight I'm actually recording, and that's a joke, but tonight I'm actually recording a episode with a guest, Travis Holmes, contributor at Big Cat Country and a great follow on Twitter as well um, for Jaguars Insights. So uh, thanks for listening, and here we go. All right, and joining us now is Travis Holmes, a contributor to Big Cat Country. Travis, how are you? Oh, I'm living the dream, sir. <laughs> awesome doing well doing well so uh just to kind of give you a little background on on travis he is again a contributor for big cat country um actually found him through uh twitter uh started following a lot of his tweets on there and uh saw that he contributed to big cat country as well um you know nfl college football fan uh, played cornerback with northern michigan university and ucf and uh, I think it says in your bio that your expertise is film review and fantasy football. So uh, with that being said, how is your fantasy team doing this year? Uh, see, that, that's a sore subject this year. This is actually my first 500 season in six years of fantasy <laughs> football. I generally have six to seven teams this year. I actually cut it down uh, with having a baby and uh, only had three teams, so Two teams are at five hundred, and the other team we won't we won't discuss. Uh, that 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 record should not be named. <laughs> That's funny. And congratulations on the baby, by the way. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. My fantasy team. This is probably the first year where I haven't really paid attention to it as much. But I had uh, Bortles and Robinson together, and that hasn't worked out as well, except for the times that Bortles, you know, threw up some numbers in the second half. So that's been okay. But I certainly expected much more of a one-two punch of having those two guys. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I made I made the unfortunate mistake of I, I, I drafted Allen Robinson, and then I did the one thing you could do that was even worse than trading Allen Robinson for Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that happened. <laughs> I gotcha. Well, yeah, we don't really talk too much fantasy football generally, and I think probably because it's all you know, we're all pretty bad at it, so uh, we'll typically you know stay away from that topic, but. Um, but one thing that, you know, with your background, um, unique background and perspective, um, you know, you probably have a little bit more perspective to be able to sort of assess the Jags performance on the field. Cause I'll be honest, like myself, uh, the other two guys who are usually on here, they're a little bit more, um, in the know about the X's and O's and I'm more of the, you know, casual fan, I guess you'd say, who really can't tell you one play from the other. Um, you know, how do you think everyday fans in general, especially working at and working with the guys at Big Cat Country, um, have, you know, sort of progressed over the years when it comes to analyzing the game? Are they close to what like a former football player sees when he watches a game or are they still a little bit off? Dude, that's a really interesting question. Um, the game has come along so much since I was growing up, since I was in high school. I mean, uh, the amount of information that's out there currently these days between NFL Game Pass, the All-22 tape, uh, Pro Football Focus, Football Outsiders, um, those things, those advancements, even in Madden and NCAA video game, I know those people make fun of those and they scoff at that all the time, but all those changes have tremendously helped a lot of fans learn about the intricacies of the game, you know, coverage recognition, where certain routes should be thrown, where running back should hit the hole on certain runs a counter or an outside zone. 
Um, but the main thing, the meat and potatoes, is at all 22 tapes. Uh, that was the biggest game changer of all. I mean, and when I'm in my early years of college, when we're cutting down tape, we're breaking down tape, teams used to hold that thing of this, like, high standard. Like, that was private vault work product for a lot of teams back in the day. They didn't want anyone else seeing that outside of their buildings. So uh, that was the big one. Um, but I would say for the casual fans, you know, the guys that I talk to on Twitter, the guys I see in the Jaguars fan groups, the ones that just care about the wins and losses, for those guys, you know, not much has changed. Uh, they, they they see what the talking heads on TV are telling them. They kind of regurgitate that information. They can tell you whether guys open or covered. And they may every once in a while be able to also just tell you, you know, who's at fault for the majority of plays. But those fanatics, you know, those guys that that's really about those X's and O's and, you know, the true students of the game who really want to get into all the intricacies. But for those guys, it, this must be an incredible time to be alive because, you know, they're <laughs> seeing exactly what we would see. Right. Um, I mean, the only remaining question at that point is, when they see what we see, are they interpreting it the same play the same way? Like me and Ryan Day had a great conversation on uh, Twitter just last week, looking at the same play, coming to two totally different uh, conclusions. Just, well, I see this coverage. Well, I see this coverage. What? How? How do you see that coverage? Oh, because of this. Well, I'm looking at the linebacker's eyes, and he's looking this way, so this must be covered to play. Right. Those kind of conversations. It just changes a little bit. I guess it changes the whole dynamic of how you have a normal conversation with someone who's a fan. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. There was actually one play in the last game that uh, Derek, who's one of the co-hosts of the show, um, it was the play where McCoy had taken off down the field for that huge touchdown run, and a lot of people were putting it on uh, – the, I guess the two defensive backs, but he was saying more of it being Tyson Alu Alu's uh, responsibility. I guess from however he looked at it, I don't know, but it was different than what the guys on the radio said. And I guess that's kind of an example of where, you know, you try to analyze a play and, and realistically, you know, a group of five people might have five different interpretations of that single play. Well, yeah, actually, I know the play you're talking about. I actually just re-looked at the game yesterday and I, the play that they're referencing Tyson Alu Alu got washed down the line as did both of our linebackers. But at the end of the day, you can always say every play is a multiple people's fault. But at the end of the day, the, the main person at fault for that play was Tyshawn Gibson. I mean, he just didn't freaking fill the hole. That's, that's really what it comes what it comes down to. Right. Yeah, it's, I, I'm not too horrible, but I'm definitely not on the level of probably you and a lot of guys on the on the podcast with me. I, I'm trying to read. Uh, Oh, what's the take your eye off the ball by Pat Kerwin to kind of pick up some okay. of the uh you know the X's and O's type stuff, but man, it gets real in depth. I mean, it's a little overwhelming sometimes to be honest with you. Um, don't don't no no no, I'm not hearing <laughs> that. No, no seriously, seriously, like it took me to my sophomore year of college. And again, I played cornerback and wide receiver throughout high school and to college. Yeah, and it took sophomore year of high school playing, uh, sorry, of college playing NCAA and Madden for one day for me to be sitting in my living room and coming to the conclusion, hey, this clicks. Like, I'm not just good at this. I, I understand it. I'm a beast at this whole video game thing, and I know it in real life. Like, I can play flag football, and I know angles and all of this stuff. It just one day comes to you. You don't – it just it just happens. I promise you it's not that crazy. Once you just keep doing it and you become a fanatic and a student of the game, you just get it eventually. All right. Well, when that day comes, I'll shoot you a tweet in celebration so that you know. 
Well, being like a, yeah, yeah, no, I know you'd be real interested in that probably. (laughs) Um, Being a former cornerback, I mean, you have to have an appreciation for somebody that, you know, not only have we been talking up like crazy, but everybody, uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey and what he's done this year. I mean, what is it with him that he does so well that sort of sets him apart as a, I don't know if you consider him elite yet, or at least a potential elite defensive back? Man, yeah. I, I love me some Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I mean, I don't love love. Like I'm not in love with Jalen Ramsey, but you know, <laughs> you, you know, you know what I mean, right? Uh, I, I just want to make sure I put that disclaimer out there. That yeah, you that like him as a has been a <laughs> you like him as a football player. You don't like write fan fiction about him or anything. You're saying, yeah, I, I just need to make sure I put that out there. I don't need my Twitter blowing up. Um, I, I know that sassiness has been a subject of conversation. I just want to keep that clear. Um, but but you no, know, but but being serious though, that that dude is a different type of animals and what we've seen in, in in some time he's fast super aggressive in his bump and run super aggressive at the line of scrimmage he he's not scared of tackling and the dude is showing solid technique when he reads receivers hands and things of that nature he's good at looking back for the ball and locating the ball in the air so i mean he has all those traits all those characteristics i mean for me the only thing i'm questioning is the same thing i question when we drafted him hey with the balls in the air, those ball skills, he's got to work on that. He's got to start getting those turnovers. He's got to start you know, playing the ball better in the air. I mean, if he ever wants to get to that point where he's, you know, being considered against or lined up against Patrick Peterson, Josh Norman, you know, old days, uh, Darrell Regis, then hey, those guys guard wide receivers, but they force turnovers too. Um, yeah, and you, you'll never see the guys that they're guarding one-on-one get targeted 10 or 12 times in a game. Uh, those quarterbacks are scared of those turnovers, but they're not really scared of pass breakups. So he's going to have to prove in that area if he wants to truly be on that level, though. Well, when you reference like the ball skills, are you kind of using, uh, I guess, for an example, the um, the play where Taylor threw the long pass to uh, Sammy Watkins? Um, Actually, that's a perfect that's a perfect example. Yeah, because okay. he. He he knew when to look back as soon as he put his hand as soon as Watkins put his hands up, he just turned around a little bit early. Um, and they teach you to play through their hands. So when Watkins' hands go up, his hands should go on top of Watkins' hands while he's trying to look back for the balls. Not like an arm bar kind of thing, but just it's kind of your guy. So I know from this point on, I'm going from his hands to the ball in the air. So he just. It's more finding the ball in the air and catching the ball, getting his hands on the ball more often or more frequently than he currently is. Yeah, I know that a lot of the fans, uh, I don't know if this matters as much, but just are waiting for the, uh, the big first interception that he gets of the season just as a, you know, just because of a, you know, it'd be a cool turning point, I guess, for his career. Um, but I, I don't know how important that is. I mean, rather than just shutting down the opposing receiver, because he's done a pretty good job of that. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, and this, this is the way I'm, I wanted to make sure I at least phrase it in my head. If you have a quarterback like a Jay Cutler, like, a, I don't know, old Tony Romo, someone who's just not, they're not scared of throwing at a good corner. But those guys, they will generally target whoever they're going to target unless they are scared of that interception. If I know I can throw at my receiver 12 times in a game, and I might only complete five of those passes, but I didn't turn any of those passes over, then I'm, I'm cool with it. But if I know there's a risk of, you know, that guy, that Patrick Peterson, picking that ball off and me giving the ball away, I'm probably going to think twice about going to that guy. 
and that's my big thing. Like, if, uh, I'm I'm okay eating six incomplete passes, but I'm not okay eating five incomplete passes and an interception. That's a whole different conversation. Right. So that's almost kind like, of the way I think about it. So almost like if a fan's looking at his stats and they see he doesn't have any picks, that that's not like I guess that's where people could say you know the stats don't tell the whole story because the lack of interceptions might be just the fact that the quarterback's just never throwing his way. Absolutely. Right. Okay. See, I'm learning. I'm making progress. I feel like. Um, speaking of Jalen Ramsey, though, looking ahead to the Broncos game this coming Sunday, you know, what do you think about our cornerbacks matchup versus two guys you've had pretty solid numbers so far this year, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas? Well, see, now with with Trevor Simeon being out of this game, I'm not even 100 percent sure what to think of this matchup. Uh, in, in a vacuum, I'm, I'm I actually like how our corners line up against these two receivers, uh, Prince plays very strong against wide receivers who are known to be burners, whereas uh, Ramsey, he's generally more has a favorable matchup between the two against, I would say, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Jalen's been pretty pretty good, pretty solid against you know the shifty wide receivers since he's pretty strong bumping and bumping around at the line of scrimmage. Uh, but worries, what worries me is I watched that game that Lynch started against Atlanta and the second half of the game before that, uh, that, that boy likes to go deep. And he was pretty rusty that game, so he was off on a lot of his throws, you know, the wide-open, shorter throws, but he definitely attempted way more passes than I've seen in Simeon in that offense until last week. Um, so if the Jaguars coaching staff ends up deciding to put Ramsey mainly on Thomas instead of Sanders, this might be another long Sunday against even a sort of rookie quarterback. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that news break, I guess, a couple hours ago. So uh, that'll definitely be interesting. But I guess like the big thing is, you know, you've had we've had some momentum going with the pass rush. Um, you know, hopefully it's going to keep going against the Broncos. But, um, you know, the last game against the Bills, I guess we had like five or six sacks. But OK, Simeon's out. But with Paxton Lynch starting, do you think we can keep up the momentum? I mean, is that something that we could use, uh, you know, as, as you know, whether it's blitzing or however else to kind of rattle the young quarterback, Paxton Lynch? Well, now that's definitely something that's going in our favor this week uh, against Atlanta and against in the second half of that Tampa Bay game the week before that Lynch was starting. He was prone to missing wide open short routes while waiting on something to develop deep like a lot of rookie quarterbacks end up doing. Um, so Atlanta ended up sacking him, I believe it was six times, and Tampa sacked him three times in the half of football. Um, now I remember that game because Vic Beasley, I was a big fan of his in the draft, but oh, yeah. he ended up putting, yeah, he ended up putting up three and a half sacks in that game, <laughs> but only two of them, but only two, but only one and a half of them, I'm sorry, was actually on his own doing. The other two came from internal pressure. So, um, both games sort of shared that same, uh, that's, that same kind of blueprint as far as they were giving up a lot of internal pressure and flushing all the sacks to the defensive ends, kind of like what we want to do in Jacksonville, but the opposite. Um, <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> so this is the perfect game for Malik Jackson and send Derek Boston Marks to make that money and prove that work, in my opinion. Like, this is this is it. This is what we want. This is the sort of game we want, we're hoping for, at least, I should say. Right, right. Well, and so on the defensive side, I feel, you know, a little bit more optimistic, especially with the, the rookie quarterback playing. But what about offensively? I mean, how do you think that we're going to stack up against the pass rush of the Broncos? I mean, especially the Broncos defensive line versus the Jaguars offensive line and protecting Bortles, because it seemed like they did a relatively good job last week. But, you know, the Broncos, they're considered a little bit more of a vaunted pass rush defense. Well, uh, I, I guess I got to get this out of the way first. Uh, 
Blake Bortles is going to have to do a much better job of protecting Blake Bortles. That's, that's the first thing. Because um, Denver's, Denver's defensive line is one thing, but Blake is known for holding the ball on just three, on simple three-step drops and trying to make something happen. Now, I know he's our darling, and we love him for that, but um, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that guy, he's, he's going to have to get rid of the ball on time. Like, when that third foot hits the ground, he's going to take, like, 10 sacks this game. That's just, <laughs> that's just the truth. Yeah. Um, but as far as our O-line and the actual blocking, to be frank, I have no earthly idea how the hell we're going to stop this team on, on Sunday. Uh, um, I mean, let's let's go through the. Um, I, I got to be honest with you, bro. Let's go through the rundown. Uh, our best blocking back in Yeldon is questionable. Our best blocking tight end is on injured reserve. And just in case that's not enough, Darren Parnell's been out there looking like God Wimper in pass protection. <laughs> I got nothing. And Nathaniel Hackett, good luck. I got nothing. So, like, what, like, what would you like if you were in Nathaniel Hackett's shoes? I mean, what could you possibly, I guess, draw up in a scenario like this where you know that you're going to have constant pressure? Well, I'm going to have to make the assumption that Yeldon's got to play because I, I just got to go. I got to go on that assumption because if Yeldon doesn't play, Denard Robinson is terrible in pass protection. Yeah. So right. we got we got no, we got nothing there. Um, so making the assumption that Yeldon plays, I'm chipping with Yeldon all day. I'm probably even leaving Ben Koyak in to block. So I'm going two tight ends. That's the vast majority of the game. Um, and as far as, yeah, I'm, I'm, chipping, I'm chipping wherever Von Miller is. And I'm praying to God. I'm, I'm probably keeping it short. <laughs> I'm keeping everything short and as far as the routes are concerned. And if I'm doing a double move, maybe. I'm, again, I'm going to make it like two or three receiver routes. I'm probably not going four receivers unless I have to. Right. And hoping to get lucky, hoping to play a tight defensive game, a 17 to 13, something like that game, and squeak it out. Oh, so you're saying the Jags might pull this one off then? I mean, don't, I'm, I'm, I mean, um. It's not like a solid <laughs> prediction. It's like an optimistic <laughs> prediction. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. We're going to say that's my, that's my ABC and chill. That's my, um, <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my drunk uh, prediction. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> It just seems like, and I said like the other day to somebody that it just seems, and I mean, this isn't like some crazy interesting take that we're going to get blown out, but especially considering the Broncos really, really need this win and we, it really doesn't matter to us with all of our injuries, especially, I don't know. I'm seeing us getting killed in this game, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. But, <laughs> but, but nevertheless, it's, I, I always want to put that one out, that one thing out there. Gus Bradley's teams have been historically great at disappointing us through the season and then just screwing us when it comes to draft positions. So it's quite possible we could win this game. I, mean, I, I don't want to put that past, past this regime. We might just win four in a row and just, just do enough just to make Shad Khan think about keeping Gus Bradley. Who knows? Yeah, I was about to say, it'll be an emotional win and then he'll get an extension after the game and all the fans will riot. So we'll see. Um, Bingo. But, you know, so that being said about the game, one thing I will point out before I let you go is I saw a very blasphemous tweet that you had put up the other day about, and hopefully you were kidding, otherwise I might have to delete this interview about bringing in Jeff Fisher. Was that, uh, was that, what was oh that? Oh my gosh. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. I mean, I, I really am. You even uh, put his picture up there. I was like, ugh. I mean, now let's 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 make sure I'm as transparent as I can be up front. I mean, do I really believe that this will happen? Hell no. But do I <laughs> do I, I and all Jacks fans, we all know this franchise is past the experience in disappointing the fan base. 
Um, so I'm just picturing the person that's going to be hiring our coach, Mr. Dave Caldwell, just, just you know, just, just sitting in his office, drinking a glass of Moscato, thinking today, what the hell could I do to piss off Jasmine? <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to bring Greg Hardy in for a visit. I'm not going to sign him. I'm just going to troll the hell out of him. And if that doesn't work, you know what? I'm going to draft a quarterback who doesn't know how to throw the freaking football because that just makes sense. And if that doesn't work, then I'm going to draft a defensive end who doesn't know how to rush the passer. Because that, again, because Jaguars, it just makes sense. So I'm thinking, well, what the hell, what what else could this guy do to piss me off to this extent to, you know, bring me to that level of just frustration with this franchise? He, he could hire Jeff Fisher. Yeah, yeah, he could hire Jeff Fisher, Mr. 500. Yeah. And <laughs> that would save his job. That would have Jaguar fans dancing in the street, at least for that year, until they get pissed off with them eight years later when we still haven't gotten better than 500. <laughs> yeah, that, that just made sense to me. Um, so, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting, especially hearing about him obviously going to be fired by the end of this year. Yeah. Um, but in that thought process, I just wanted to comment on something real quickly. I thought it was interesting. Everybody loves Josh McDaniels, and everybody's been just, just going crazy about this kid, about right. this guy. But right. Let's get this out of the way. No way in hell the Jaguars are hiring Josh McDaniels. Uh, well, many people forget when he was when he was hired as the Broncos' coach. That was the year the the Patriots didn't go to the playoffs. That's why he was hired. Hmm. They most coaches aren't trying to wait till a team goes to the Super Bowl just to get an interview with the guy, just to find out whether or not he's going to say yes or no. That's yeah. generally not how it goes. That's not how it works. So we're not hiring Josh McDaniels. That's not happening. We're probably not going to hire an offensive coordinator or someone unless they already have had coaching experience because Dave Cowboys is not going to survive that. Let's just be real. Right. He's not going to, be, he's going to survive the bumps of another brand new head to coach. So he's going, someone's going to have to have coaching experience. So that was just a thought process. Like, and I don't want freaking Jeff Fisher. I hate the guy, but this is what <laughs> this, this is what this front office has pushed you to ask some dumb questions about freaking Jeff Fisher. <laughs> because I'm just looking for from hope. I'm I'm my short term goal is to be mediocre. That's that's my goal. Yeah, say. yeah. Five hundred sounds awesome. I mean, I'm like yeah. all on board with. That. <laughs> 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 yeah, my uh, my pick, and then I'll uh, I'll wrap it up here for you. But my pick uh, last episode was uh, Mike Leach. Uh, you remember that guy? Mm. He's up in uh, Washington yeah. State. Yeah, I just really yeah. want him to bring the office with pirate memorabilia and all the crazy stuff to Jacksonville. I think that would be interesting. Um, I've always been open to being, uh, you know, someone at the forefront of coaching. I mean, not like Chip Kelly, but I want to bring someone who's going to just have slight like, balls that hang down to the floor, sort of like <laughs> Del Rio's doing right now in Oakland, but not Del Rio. I want right. somebody who's going to go for it on like every reasonable fourth down. Right. I want somebody who's who's like adverse to punting. Like I, I want, I want a cr- freaking crazed man who says, "I don't give a damn about my job. Let's do this. Let's make it fun to watch." If it's going to be Owen, I don't even know what the hell. Yeah, then, <laughs> then, then let's make it fun to watch. That's what I want. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Mike Leach, Blake Bortles. I don't even remember all the quarterbacks that played under Leach in college. He'll have like 800 yards and nine touchdowns every game. So at least it'll be entertaining. Hey man, that's Madden numbers. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can. Yeah, I'll back you on that guy. 
at least all, right. all day. All right, cool. I expect to see an article about it soon, so I appreciate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, well, we really appreciate you being on. Definitely an awesome interview. I mean, I definitely recommend to everybody to follow um, not only Travis on Big Cat Country um, for his contributions on there, but definitely on Twitter. I mean, he's definitely one of my favorite follows on there. Um, you can follow him at Travis D. Holmes. And uh, again, Travis, I really appreciate you being on today. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me. Anytime you need me, give me a call. All right. Thanks so much. All right. So that has been episode 24 of Down by the Bank. Thanks again for listening. And please remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook and Twitter, we put up updates on when the episodes are going to be coming and also throw up some other random stuff on there occasionally. Um, If you're on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. It just helps tremendously. Um, Not only are we on iTunes, but we are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. And we can be on whatever else you want us to be on. Just shoot us an email at downbythebank at gmail.com. If you want us on MySpace, we'll be there. Friendster, uh, AOL chat rooms. Uh, we can post in there when new episodes are coming out. Whatever you can think of, wherever you're at, please let us know and we'll try to get there. Um, again, appreciate you guys for listening and have a great day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.